Hello and welcome to the ILO's Future of Work podcast. I'm Sophie Fisher. Today, our guest is Wagner Moura, the Brazilian actor, director, filmmaker, musician and journalist. Wagner is probably best known for his role in the TV series Narcos, where he played the drug dealer Pablo Escobar. However, there's another side to Wagner's work. He is a dedicated advocate for workers' rights, in particular against forced labour and child labour. Wagner, welcome to the ILO's Future of Work podcast. Sure. I know you grew up in a rural part of Brazil. Could you describe a little what it was like? Did you ever see examples of forced labour or child labour when you yourself were a child? Yeah, many times. I, 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 so I grew up in a, in a very poor area uh, in the northeast of Brazil. It was a little city called Rodelas uh, in the state of Bahia. And uh, I grew up witnessing like what for me back then it was it were normal things because that's how things were mm -hmm. as a kid i wasn't well equipped yet to understand what that was but i witnessed like um rural workers working for food only or for shelter or for no payment involved a very brutal thing that i that i that i saw back then was young girls like 12 kids actually 12 13 15 year old uh, uh, young girls going to work on in the houses of people that have a little bit listen and i'm not talking about wealthy people right there were no there were no wealthy people there but like the ones who had a little more money could hire a really really poor girl to work in their houses and this girl would like basically do all domestic work in a house by the age of 12 11 13 no money no payment no wages she never got paid it was actually a very weird thing because we used to see those um the people that were hiring uh, these girls as someone that were giving them some opportunity so she can eat she can have a place to sleep you know sometimes they, they even allowed her allowed them to go to school and another thing that happened with those those girls is that they sometimes were used to initiate sexually the little boys in the family and i as a kid was kind of seen this and there was something in me there was like this is not right but all the environment there was never an issue you know with the uh, community with the leaders with the mayors with the you know the little institutions in the in that city it was all normal so when i grew up i kind of really started to see that that was fucked up and then that's when my especially because the rural workers, the guys that were working in the agriculture uh, field, I'd, I'd seen that a lot because my uncles, I had family that were sort of hiring these guys to work, you know. And some of these guys were like really friendly. And it, it, this is the tragic thing that I learned about slave labor. The victim, they rarely know their condition. 
So you're saying that people stuck in forced labor don't always realize it. I, I mean, they don't know that they're slave laborers. And that for me was the most tragic thing because sometimes <clears throat> working with uh, in Brazil with the uh, rescuers, uh, the forces that were labor ministry that were like going to these places and freeing these people from, from what was going on with them. Many times I've seen the the workers getting really pissed as if those people were coming there to take their jobs. I imagine that emotionally is very embarrassing and humiliating to realize that you are in a condition of being a person that's being explored by another human being. So yeah, so I when I grew up, I started to realize all these things and that really moved me because that was sort of a background that I had, uh, that I had lived and uh and to work with human rights uh movements especially towards a uh, um slave labor this labor labor issue you've talked about seeing forced labor but did you know any of the people who were involved personally for example on your uncle's farm did you talk to the workers yeah i yeah. talked to them they were not like <laughs> listen they were they, i've never seen these guys like dressing the victim but that wasn't okay, you know, because as soon as the season, the harvest uh, ended, they were like, okay, goodbye. And they, they didn't have a place to sleep anymore or a place to, you know, it was like no money. That was all gone. I mean, these people are rescued. Once I met, uh, I was already working with the ILO and I met three or four guys that were rescued. We spoke, and and uh, and uh, and that's when I realized uh, that the the conscience that they got after the rescue, and like, oh my god, that that had different effects on them. A lot of shame, you know. Uh, many of in many of them, there was like really painful, and and to to see that they were like victims of that thing. And some of them, it was more like, okay, from now on. You know, I'm going to make sure this is not going to happen to other people. But it's a very difficult uh, emotional uh, position to be put in. So you saw all these examples when you were young. But when did you decide to become involved in ending forced labor? Was there a specific moment that changed your mind or was it a slower process? It was a slow thing. Basically, yeah. I think that education is the basis for for any sort of uh, social and personal change. Coming from a poor place where my level of, of education, the kind of schools that I was going to was like the same schools that everybody was going to. Mm -hmm. So at some point with public schools in the northeast of Brazil, like very like bad. You were like in a, in, in a, in a classroom and then a, a goat would get in the, the classroom, you know? <laughs> so it was, but when I, my father decided that he, we needed to move to Salvador, which is the capital of, of the state, because he was a sergeant of the Air Force. So all the money, we were poor, but all the money that he had, he used to give myself and my sister a sort of a proper education. You know, realizing that studying history, for, you know, when you 
you kind of kind of kind of have a perspective a perspective of the past and so all that made me go fuck i was living in a horrible uh, sort of uh, toxic uh, and cruel environment and uh, uh so yeah so that's when i decided to uh, to join human rights movements and, and eventually work with the with the ilo you mentioned that you didn't fully understand the problems you saw when you were a child because it was just normal life for you and for the other people around you. Do you think there are still major misconceptions about child labour today? And if so, what are they? Many parents like of a generation, like my parents' generation, for example, they see work as a very, very important thing, especially when, when you're poor. So they might get, listen, my dad grew up working as a kid. So working as a kid with your family till today is not seen as a bad thing. And I get it, you know, I get this is sort of the culture of some places. And, you know, as far as the kids still go to school, I'm, I'm even fine with that. You know, help your parents and do what you have to do. It's poor people, you know, they need help. I get it. But it's uh, so that sort of mentality uh, spreads up to like oh kids are good to work you know there's no problem in having kids working and that's when exploitation comes also it's uh it's a profitable Th- that kind of despicable things that you see in the world like in like in wars and that's uh that happens because there is a market for that kind of of thing and we could say that it, it's it's in the in a bigger way it's it is one of another horrible uh, side effect of capitalism we all know that forced labor is a complex problem thinking for a moment about our listeners on this podcast is there anything that they can do as ordinary people do you, do you have any tips or advice for how they can help or get involved i'm going to say something that's not that's not um completely connected to the subject we're talking about here, which is which is slave labor and all that. I think in general, we are living in a moment where there's a lot of discredit on politics. There is, a, in my opinion, a very dangerous movement that make people believe that politics are bad, that politicians are bad. If you start to believe that the, the democratic institutions have no value, they're, they're no, not important, you know, that politics are all dirty, and that's it's a very dangerous path to, to take us to a place where we are not far away from, which is a big disruption in the democratic, uh, what, what we understand nowadays as democracy. Otherwise, we're going to start to see, like, polarized countries you know with uh, with people only getting information from their own groups and their own bubbles and all that that which that scares me i think that we have to to answer your question your questions i think that our way in a broader way is like we have to believe that politics is important and when i say politics that it's our it's in our daily lives you know, this is politi- our conversation here. It's politics. It's, it's, it's small things. Bring awareness to something, you know, uh, um, discuss something, talk about something. I think that this is um, 
yeah this is this is this is the thing that i that that that's concerning me more nowadays the uh how you know we don't care much about anything everything seems so dirty and so bad it's covid it's the war in ukraine and it's like and so in, instead of this thing instead of making us like a part it should be a means for us for us to really dive in and do something about it in whatever field you work which is like i'm a popular actor in brazil especially so i try to bring awareness to if people listen to me i i better say something that matters but there are so many different fields uh, uh, uh that you can just yeah just don't think that 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 you know that you don't have a responsibility or you don't have uh you know you do i mean if you, if you if you see something that that doesn't feel right find your way to to say something about it so you think we all need to engage a little more with these kinds of issues i mean it seems a little naive but but that's how i see it like engage engage politically it's not a bad thing it's not an ugly thing it can be but if if you there's a there is a, a a line that I, I never know if it's from Brecht that he says the bad thing about the ones who don't like politics is that they are governed they are governed by the ones that love it engage yeah and one final question do you think of yourself now as an activist I think so. I mean, in a way, because I think that there are other people there that that give their lives to that. You know, that's not my case. I, I, it's, uh, it's that's a very important thing in my life, but that doesn't define who I am. As actually, nothing really does. You know, I'm like I'm an actor, I'm a director, but, but I'm a human being that's I'm concerned about social issues. You know, I have empathy for other people. I came from a very poor place, so that's part of me. And I can't just ignore what I, things that I've seen. And, and so, but, I, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm an activist in a way, but I'm not a, I'm not a professional activist. Magnamora, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. And thanks to you, our audience, for listening. If you'd like to learn more about forced labour or child labour around the world, or what needs to be done to end it, you'll find lots of information on the ILO website. That's www.ilo.org forward slash forced labour. So that's it for now. Please join us again soon for another Future of Work podcast. And until then, goodbye. Goodbye.